All right, so where was I? Um, yeah, thanks, Daniel. <laughs> All right, so as I was saying, prayer is a huge topic within the Christian faith. So trying to um, squeeze it into a 20 to 30 minute sermon, um, I hope I'm able to encapsulate most everything for you and at least sum it up. But you might think afterwards, like, oh, he could have talked about this. He could have talked about this. Yes, I could have. Um, but unfortunately, I can't fit everything into this time frame. Um, so I tried. Yep, I definitely did. Um, so I got to admit, though, as I was studying this, I was challenged by it. Because to be honest, I am not very good at praying. It is one of those things that I have to be very intentional about. If I don't stop and take the time and say, I'm going to pray, this is when, it's one of those things that I won't naturally do. You see, when things go right, I find it really easy to talk to God and praise God, tell him how great he is. But when things go wrong, I find myself kind of like Peter when Jesus called him out onto the water. When the waves were calm, he was focused on Jesus. He was able to keep that focus, but as soon as he saw those waves reaching up around him, he started looking at the waves instead of looking to Jesus. And I find that's kind of what happens in my own prayer life, that I start looking at the waves, and I just all of a sudden try to keep myself from drowning, which in Peter's instance, instance is what caused him to start sinking, because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Because I like to try and fix things on my own instead of relying like, on God like I know I should. So, long story short, a lot of what I'm saying is applied directly to myself today. Um, and if you find yourself that you're in the position that your prayer life isn't what you want it to be or where you know it should be, one, know that you're not alone. There are many Christians out there that find it difficult to pray and hard to pray the good news is that we can learn how to pray, and we can draw nearer and closer to God. But I also want to make this, this clear, that just because you're not good at praying, that's not an excuse not to pray. And also, I want to challenge y'all to pursue God through prayer. So what exactly is prayer? Um, I've kind of divided it into a couple different categories. So first, it is a relationship. At its most basic, prayer is talking to God. However, leaving it at that leaves so much out of it. Because as Christians, we are not just talking to some higher power or some being that's out there and doesn't care about who we are. We get to talk to the creator of the universe who deeply cares about us and sent his son to die for us. We get to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. And so, yes, prayer is talking to God, but it's a relationship. And it's through this relationship that we get to draw nearer and nearer to him. Because just like your friendships, you have to talk to a friend to be good friends with him. If y'all just sit there in a room quietly together, y'all probably aren't going to be that great of friends. Same with God. We need to have communication with him. We need to talk to him. And prayer is how we do that. And Second Chronicles, uh, sorry, the second point is that we must humble ourselves before God and surrender to him. Second Chronicles 7.14 said, And if my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear them from heaven, 
forgive their sin, and heal their lands. The very act of praying, in some way, shape, or form, forces us to humble ourselves before God. If we are praying in supplication or we are asking him for something, this shows us that we are not capable of doing that or getting that without him. And thus we're going to God and saying, God, please help me. If we are praising him, it shows that he is so much higher above us and deserves that praise. And if we are confessing our sins and pleading for forgiveness, if we cry out to him, it shows we are in desperate need of him. So in some way, shape, or form, the very act of prayer, you must humble yourself before him. So as we approach God through prayer, we have to do so in humility, surrendering our desires, our worries, and even our lives over to him because he deserves it all. In fact, James 4 says, uh, the same verse that we read earlier, right before it, it says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We can't approach prayer in a sense of pride, thinking, I deserve this. God should do this for me. Because guess what? We don't. I don't. You don't. None of us do. It's only when we pray in humility that we realize how much of a gift it is that we get to talk to God. The God of the universe, the creator of all things, has given you a way to talk to him whenever you want and through that, he is going to give you the very best thing he can, himself. Through prayer, we get more of him. We draw closer to him, and that is the very best thing he can give us is him, because he knows we need it so much. So prayer is a relationship. It's humbling yourself before God, and it is powerful. It's not that the words that we're talking are special or that those words have power, or that the way we say them is special, or even the people praying them is special. It's who the prayers are directed at that's special. And, sorry, and John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're coming up on impact season. We can practice those skits, those dramas, all day, every day. We can have them perfected. We can, you can be the best captain out there. Your team can perform flawlessly. But apart from God, it's all pointless because God is the one that changes hearts. God is the one that moves in our lives. Yes, he allows us to play a part in it and go out and tell people, but he's the one that ultimately changes lives. And so apart from prayer, all this is useless. Apart from God moving, it's all useless. So prayer is powerful. And everything we do as the church, as Christians, should be drenched, and I mean covered, in prayer. Because if it's not, it's all pointless. And some wonder, what, some wonder if God still does miracles, if God still works today. And... I would say absolutely yes. Um, some of y'all might have heard the story before, but um, when I was quite a bit younger, um, my mom was paralyzed from the neck down on our right side and was wheelchair bound for several years. Um, and all of a sudden one day, she was able to walk. She heard a voice say, get up and walk. And she did. Um, after that, she still continued to have some illnesses. Um, 
And then when I was in high school, um, she was paralyzed again. Um, but this time she couldn't talk either. Um, and at that point in my life, I was meeting with a friend regularly. We would call um, most, most weeknights before um, we went to bed, and we would have a time of prayer. And so I would talk to him over the phone, and this specific night, um, we talked about fully giving our concerns over to God. Because, you know, when something's going wrong in your life, you're always like, God, please heal this, please do this, please heal my mom. But we talked about giving it over to God and saying, God, if it is your will, please heal her. But if it's not, you are still good and you are still God. And as I sat there just sobbing on the phone with my friend, my mom burst into the room going, Caleb, guess what? To which I responded, not now, mom, I'm praying. <laughs> a few minutes later, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so if you ask me, does God still do miracles? Absolutely, yes. I've seen one. Um, but the problem is that sometimes we don't pray like God can accomplish great things. We don't pray like God is the creator of the universe. Our prayers don't reflect what he can do, who he is. So I challenge you, do your prayers reflect the greatness of God? Or if you were to look at your prayers, would it look like you have a God that's not capable of very much? Because God is powerful, prayer is powerful, and he can do great things in the lives of his believers. So prayer is a relationship. It's humbling ourselves before God. It's powerful, and it's expected. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourself to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18 says, Rejoice always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As Christians, the Bible makes it abundantly clear that we should live a life full of prayer. In fact, I would argue it's expected of us. So, how many of y'all are list-oriented? No one? Y'all don't like checking off lists? Okay, there we go. We have a few people. Y'all get me. Um, so, um, I'm very list-oriented. I don't always make a list, but I at least have a mental list in my mind that whenever I complete something, I'm like, yes, it is done. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And for those of you that are like me, the topic of prayer can be kind of dangerous in that aspect because really, we really like checking off lists. So we really like saying, okay, I prayed my prayer for today, I'm good to go, and then just kind of move on with our lives. Um, so people who are list-oriented tend to fall into that really easily. Um, so just be aware of that, that prayer is not something that we just do once in the morning or maybe once at night and say, yep, I'm done, good to go, and keep on moving with our lives. No, as 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, we should pray continuously. Ooh, I thought it was so dry. Is that a cat? Okay, it was a baby. Cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so like I was saying, prayer is not just something that we do in the morning or at night and we check it off our list. It should be a lifestyle. We should be continually living in prayer. So when we're commanded to pray without ceasing, it's not just because it's a good thing to do, but it's because God knows we need him. And like I was saying earlier, the best thing he can give us is himself. The best way for us to pursue him, through prayer. 
as Tim Keller puts it, it's the commandment of love to receive him. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take, my, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So for those that don't know, a yoke was put across a pair of oxen and it helped them pull a plow, um, which is not easy work to do, thus it requires a big ox to do it. So this example that we're given here in Matthew 11 is we have this yoke on our shoulders. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Meaning this isn't meant to weigh you down. It's not meant to be a burden or be a mundane thing that we just have to do. It's meant to be a joy because we get to have a relationship with Jesus. We get to have a relationship with our creator. And Tim Keller describes the importance of prayer in our lives like this. Imagine you were terminally ill and a doctor prescribes you medicine that must be taken every night or you will die within hours of not receiving it. You would never forget to take that medicine. You would never say, oh, I'm too tired. I'm just going to go to bed and hope it's okay tomorrow. You would never do that. You would never miss that medicine. It's very similar with our lives in prayer. We desperately need God. We need to have him every day, every minute, every hour of our lives. We can't afford to miss out on him. So, there's a few options of what prayer, uh, sorry, a few categories of what prayer is. But how do we pray? Is there a specific way that we have to pray? Do we have to pray with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and our hands together? Are there certain words or phrases that we have to use? So, the Bible makes no mention of a certain posture that we have to take while praying. If we look at Jesus throughout his ministry, um, he looks up to heaven during a lot of his prayers. He prays with his head bowed. Sometimes he even prays face down on the ground. So, it's not so much about our physical postures, but about the posture of our heart before God. We can make, we can say, the prettiest prayer we could possibly imagine. And, but if our hearts aren't right before God, what's the point of it? Gary DeSalvo said, the issue is not how you pray, but, but that you pray. It's not a matter of kneeling down or standing up or raising your hands or bowing your head, but it's that you pray, that you pursue God. In Matthew 6, Jesus warns us um, and the disciples not to be like the Pharisees who pray these long, elaborate prayers out in the open so that everyone can see them. While they might have been praying, they certainly were not doing it to praise and honor God, but to honor themselves. Jesus says they have already received their reward for that. There is no reward in them for heaven for them honoring themselves rather than God. So, in Luke 11, the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray. And he responds with what we commonly know as the Lord's Prayer. Um, I'm going to be reading it out of Matthew because um, Luke's version doesn't have the last verse of it. Um, so starting in um, 
verse 11, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then some versions will also add on, um, for uses the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, um, depending on what translation you're using. Um, there has been much debate throughout the church as to what exactly this prayer means. Is it Jesus telling them, this is what you should pray every single time you pray? Is it Jesus giving them a model saying, this is what prayer in general should look like? And there's been a lot of debate about that. Um, I would love it if y'all go home and research that. Um, but I tend to lean towards the camp that it is a model for what we're supposed to do. So that's how I'm going to proceed with this. Um, but by all means, go home, research it, look into it. Um, but for this instance, we're going to go with it as a model. Um, so at the opening of the prayer, Jesus addresses to whom he is praying to, our Father in heaven. So not only does this remind us that God is our heavenly Father, Father, but it also puts us into the correct perspective, saying he is our heavenly Father. He is above us. So as soon as we enter into this prayer, we should have that right perspective of I need him. And then that leads directly into praising God and asking that his will be done. And it's, this, isn't, this isn't just a general, God, I hope that your will gets done. I really do. This is also you saying, you are the Lord of my life, and I will obey your commands. So this isn't just a general, hope that goes well for you. I'll be over here. By the way, can, I, can you fix this in my life? That's not what's going on. Whenever we follow this model, we are asking God to be the Lord of our life and telling him we will do absolutely anything he commands. And it's only after that that we go into supplications or asking for our needs. And then the forgiveness of our sins and the, the deliverance from evil. And lastly, back into praise and adoration. And one of the major differences that I find looking at this model versus how I naturally pray is I like to jump right into God help me with this. God do this. You know, make it about me while I'm praying, right? But when we start and end with praising God, it puts us in the right, minds, in the right mindset. One, it reminds us that he reigns above it all. He is Lord of all. And as we discussed earlier, he is powerful and able to take care of us. And for that little bit of time, instead of worrying about whatever troubles might be in my life, instead of worrying about those waves like I was talking about earlier, I get to focus on God. I get to praise him for being who he is and seeing everything that he's done. And just for that little bit of time, I get to focus on him. And that in and of itself is an act of grace, if you ask me. Being able to just stop and focus on him, and then know that I can ask him, that I can confide in him, that I can confess my sins in him, and will find forgiveness. 
and then get to praise him all over again for it. So, a little bit of practical advice just for how to go about prayer. Set time aside to pray. Set time aside to do your daily devotional. Because yes, Scripture tells us that we should pray without ceasing. But I can also tell you, there, there is something great about getting to set down and solely focus on God. To just push away all those distractions in life and just be with Him. So, Kara and I were talking about this last night, and she has a friend um, who was previously dating someone, and her boyfriend would only text her during mealtimes and say, what did you eat today? Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he would only ask what, he, what she ate. Um, I'm sure they had some other discussions at some point, but that's what he would text her and ask pretty much every day. Right? Every day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you heard Ms. Ron Slavin, don't do that. They, that yeah, it didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, it did not last long at all. Um, so, anyway, it's kind of the same with our prayer life with God. If we only sit down and talk over mealtimes, yeah, it's kind of weird. It would also be the same if I never talked to my wife. She wouldn't be very happy with me. So, we need to have time set aside to talk to God. But yes, still continue praying without ceasing throughout the day. But I would highly encourage you, set aside time that it's just you and God. Be alone. Wipe out all those distractions. Second, pray even when you don't feel like it. How many of you have ever had a time that you just did not feel like praying? You didn't feel close to God? I have. I would encourage you, even in those times that you don't feel like it, pray anyway. Because if you are feel, feeling distant from God, the solution is not to distance yourself even more from Him. It's to pursue after Him with every fiber of your being. Romans 8, 26-27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So in those times that we don't know what to pray, that we don't know how to pray, the Spirit helps us and guides us. I've always loved this story in Mark 9 where the fa this father has asked Jesus to heal his son. And he says, if you can heal him. And then he goes... I believe, but help my unbelief. Sometimes we need to pray that as well. I believe, God. I know you. I trust you. But help me in my unbelief. Help me in these dry times that it doesn't feel like you're here. So last is a couple different practical ways to go through and pray. Um, first is praying through the Psalms or other scripture. Um, many of the Psalms themselves are prayers which means they're great guides for praying. And you can also take other scripture passages. Maybe it's not a psalm. Maybe you're reading Matthew 5 and you're looking through the Beatitudes 
and you see, blessed are the humble, you can stop and pray, God, make me humble. Make me follow after you. And so if you're interested in that, there are a lot of great resources out there that will kind of guide you through how to do that. Um, so if you want one of those, let me know, and I will try, try and get some of those to y'all. Um, but praying through the Psalms or other scripture, a great way to sit down and pray. Another is keeping a prayer journal of requests that you've prayed and that God has answered. You will be amazed over the years as you sit down and look at all the things that God has done in your life. So there's just two practical ways. But like Gary said, it's not a matter of how you pray, but that you pray. So we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I'm going to ask Grant to come up here, and um, we're going to play a song. And if y'all want to sit down and pray, I would highly invite you to. Get right with God. Pray to him. Talk to him. But we'll also have this song playing. You can stand up and worship him. So I have to unmute everything. (laughs) All right, so... If y'all want to stand, feel free to go ahead and stand up. If you want to continue to sit um, and pray to God, feel free to do that. Um, If you want to go up and kneel at the stage and pray to him, you can do that as well. blood of Jesus Christ Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, what a Savior Isn't He wonderful? 
sing hallelujah Christ is risen bow down before him for he is Lord of all sing hallelujah Christ is risen oh what a savior isn't he wonderful sing hallelujah Christ is risen bow down before him for he is Lord of all sing hallelujah Christ is risen oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ back you know even if you've gone to church maybe you, you uh, say the right answers in discussion and you, you put in this act I pray God that you uh, you allow them to see your love and to see their uh, the, your greatness and your glory God I pray that um, you just speak to them in the only way that you can and uh, just change their life I pray amen um, and if you are one of those people that uh, you know maybe you're in this room and uh, you feel lost you feel lonely like um maybe is there a god is there this hope is there this love that we speak about all the time i want you to pray this simple prayer and all it is is just god i know i'm a sinner and uh but i know that because of your love your grace and that sacrifice on the cross that i'm saved i'm born again god and uh hell lost another one god we are free because of that sacrifice so for that, we'll rejoice, we'll celebrate. And uh, pray that doesn't end here, God. Pray that uh, you allow these people to just talk to their leaders, talk to their friends, talk to their parents, and just grow this. Let this be a new beginning in faith and uh, in your love. Sing this out one more time. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ bear your cross as you wait for the crown tell the world of the treasure you found Have an awesome week.